Yes. Oh my yes. God, so we're many. we're Lance Hendrickson's in the white suit punching people in the. Daniel Elmendorf. Hi, welcome to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Rick. And I'm Sean. Dude, I just got a question. Um, we are on uh, episode 161, right? That we are we are recording 161. Here and we go. The previous episode was where we broke down our Marvel movies, and that was 160. But where, where's where's 159? What happened? Well, it got it got crossed out. It didn't make it. I, we recorded like 159 midweek. We recorded 160 in the week. I got to editing. I edited 160 and it went out. So, I mean, that's the story. There's a there's a 159 somewhere in the ether. It may it may get dumped out on the internet whenever there's a there's a week that we can't do something, so I don't I don't know. Like it's there, yeah, it's like somewhere. The lost episode. The, the lost episode. The lost episode. Speaking the, the, of, yes. <laughs> the lost episode. This week was ten years since Lost ended. Sean, you, you were yeah. the, my guy. You were the guy that was like Rick. Look, let me set you down. There's a show. I know, show. I know, Sean. I've seen. I've seen. No, no, no. Rick, sit down. This is the last season. Watch the show. I'm just telling you. Trust me. I'm your friend. Trust me on this one thing. Watch this show. All right. I'll watch the show. Holy crap. I mean. Thank you. Thank you. Such. You, you know. Uh, Lost is definitely in my probably top five. Uh, shows of all time it, you know obviously your your top favorite shows fluctuate throughout you know your life what what has but lost is up there constantly um i mean i i plan on doing a lost video on my youtube channel uh we still just just probably a week or so ago we were sitting there you know what do you want to watch i don't know and michelle's like let's watch lost but we're gonna start with uh season three because you know we, we're to the point where we can jump in and we we know what's up we we know where what's going on and especially if you start early on and you've watched it several times you know if you start season three ish you you know what's up oh you're, my you're not gosh dude that, great character that breaks great my character ugh, that breaks my brain i don't Oh, how could you not watch season one again? See, that, that's, I, that's I do, my excuse. Love, that, that was me, and, and that's fine. You know, we can jump in wherever, but I do love season one. I think uh, those first few episodes of season one, I don't understand. Like, I I wasn't a losty. I didn't jump in from day one. I picked it up uh, probably around season four is where I started. Uh, I needed a show to take to the desert with me, and I knew I'd been wanting to watch it, and I was already a fan of J.J. Abrams, so I was like, screw it. I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to buy these first four seasons, and I'm going to take them to the desert with me, and at that point, it was instantaneously, I, I fell in love with the show. Um, ten years, man. Ten years since the, that, that last episode of us getting to see uh as we spoke a few moments ago you know jack and christian really explaining it all right there at the end um what i what i was about to say if he fuddles me as to why people get confused about certain things and lost i so i I just don't understand the other day i was on reddit and somebody posted a link they're like huh are we still doing this and the link was where some magazine was doing oh the the 10 things about loss that are still unresolved and it was what? everything unresolved. everything that we already knew the answer to <laughs> like oh the the oh, like uh, were they dead oh, were they dead the right. whole time what <laughs> why is this uh, uh, oh. we'll see 
Well, see, I get the feeling when it comes to Lost, like, people people want to believe that it's way more complicated than it is. And when somebody like JJ or Daniel Elmendorf gives an answer, if it get, whoa, 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 whoa. let's exactly not skip over that. Had in mind, Damien uh, Lindelof, you mean? Lindelof, Lindelof. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, thanks. I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> okay. Moving on. What, <laughs> what was it? I'm just saying, I'm just Hey, whatever. Some dude's name. Uh, you know, the, they'll state some that, yeah, this is the way it was. Well, no, it wasn't. He was just speaking out of turn. He doesn't speak for everybody. You know, that ain't what he really meant. It's, he's literally the one of the writers and creators of the show. Like, when, when he says it, you, you don't go around when people want to bug James Gunn for one fifteenth second of a clip out of, you know, Guardians 2, uh, and they ask him, does this mean this? And he says yes, and then it's like, Hulp, that, that was written in that, that that was written in the in time, you know? And yet we still come back to Lost has so many questions that are left unanswered. And they're not. It's been ten years. People have been wondering the same questions for ten years, and all they have to do is just listen. Just listen. And accept for what the answers are. Whether you like them or not, you know, Game of Thrones ended the way it ended, regardless of a protest or a petition. It's just the way it was. The same thing goes for Lost. Well, what about you're going to get, finally, there is this thing been going on for years. We finally get to see the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And you believe? So let, let, me, let me give a baseline. Uh, we, we discussed this. And you, we, we wanted to wait to discuss the full go for this podcast. So, you believe this could be a step in the wrong... Let me, let me finish, because you, you believe somewhat this may be a somewhat step in the wrong direction, because this could lead to, if, like I just said, uh, if a director or a writer gives an answer... That's not the end of it, that the audience has enough of a say and pull in the world today that they may redo things just to appease fans as opposed to just saying, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. it, it, it am, I, am I somewhat in the right ballpark by saying that? My opinion, my personal opinion, uh, it's skewed two ways. One is I'm excited to see it. First of all, because I mean, there was a vision for this movie that got sidelined by a, a you know unfortunate tragic loss. Uh, you know, Zack Snyder lost a daughter, and and we got Joss Whedon finishing up the movie, and and the movie is the movie. I mean, it it happened. I I, I don't think it's a horrible piece of trash. You know, the ending was rushed could have been done better we could have got some things that we we knew about first of all but the fact that it's coming back they're going to redo it the way originally envisioned with hbo's ble you know blessing and Zack snyder's vision and don't get me wrong Zack snyder is a great film director he absolutely is he's got some great movies out there and, uh, you know, I, I saw the video of him and, uh, you know, Superman talking about it. And I, I'm excited to see what his vision was. But my, my opinion on how this all played out, you know, how people demand and people, uh, you know, put money. And, of course, it wouldn't be done if they didn't think there was money to be made off of it. So... Right. That's one thing. I just don't like the idea. Even though I'm benefiting from this, I don't like the idea of people on the internet saying a bunch of stuff and getting what they want. I, I, I'm all for, hey, your, your opinion is your opinion. That's fine. I'm all for sitting here and complaining about stuff all day. This is what we do. But... I don't know if I like the idea of a creator responding to 
demands of the internet. I, I that gives me an unsettling feeling. Um, I don't need. I'm not. I'm not an artist or creator, and but I do know that the people who create and you know give us content kind of need to be uh, kept separate. You know, they need to follow a vision, good or bad or whatever. And and of course, I could be just old fuddy duddy. You know, times are changing. Uh, whatever, but. If something is good, you give it money. You go pay tickets. You go, you know, get your friends to go. If something is not good, you don't buy it. You don't talk good about it. And it doesn't make money. And it, it, it's a system that weeds out, you know, the the, the, wheat, the wheat and the chaff. It, it, I mean, sure, it could work a different way, but I don't think you get the best in life or in content by kowtowing to, you know, however many people on the internet. I, I just don't. I mean, the same way with uh, uh, writing or, or, or directing or, or anything like that, I think, you know, it should be, if you truly love something, you, you know, you pay for it, and that's how the people who create and, and strive for excellence get paid. And... If 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 it's not good, it, it doesn't go anywhere. And if it's good, it becomes great. You know, it's competition. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, not everybody wins. I mean, I just don't... Like I said, I, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to enjoy this and everything. I'm just uncomfortable with the idea of everybody getting what they want. So, so now that this is done and this is out there... I read right before the podcast that David Ayer has confirmed there is a air cut or air cut, however he wants to say his last name, of Suicide Squad. Now that means is is did he just say that because now he's like, sweet, maybe I can get my own cut of Suicide Squad, and there's actually a Suicide Squad cut out there where it's not a jumble edited mess and it's actually the good story that you can somewhat see is in there. Do you, do you think is this is this a one of the things that you were like, see, it's only been a few days and this is already happening. Here we go. We're we're starting this. It, is is this part of the problem that you were discussing or is this something else where you're like, all right, just go ahead and give me this suicide squad cut and then you know, you know what? What? What's your reaction to that after just reading? You know, learning about the Snyder cut. Now we're looking at a different cut of a movie that didn't do so well. Um. Well, see, that's that's the issue. I mean, if if this becomes a thing, I mean, I'm a mythology guy. So what does this do to right. to, to movies well, mythology wise? I mean, there's already been movies that happened after Justice League. I mean, is this end going to conflict with movies that have already come after they've all did all this? I mean, is it going to change right. things? I mean, are they going to make the make the bad guy? You know, the big complaint of Suicide Squad was the Enchantress being horrible. Right. <laughs> I mean, are they going to change it? Well, my my question to you is, okay, maybe, maybe uh, the the things, the concerns that you have are a big deal but when it comes to the wb maybe this loss of revenue for them this being in a bind you know uh movie studios are just begging for a way to make a dime right now and, and giving in and releasing you know the Snyder Cut, possibly with, you know, let, let's just guess and say, oh, yeah, um, six months from now, there's going to be another cut of the Suicide Squad released. Are they bending to the will to make the dime? Or are they actually learning the lesson and saying, like, look, we could have had an MCU five years ago if we had just listened to these people to begin with. And maybe now they're learning their lesson and they're using this break and monetary flow to be like, okay, all right, you know, we, we need to do things right from here on. Maybe we should listen to these guys that spend all this time researching stuff 
before they make their film, and then we get to make judgment calls on things we know nothing about. No, it, it's just happen? no, could, could no. It, it's just dollar signs. They they see an opportunity to make more money off of a product they already have. They're going to put minimal money into it, like an extra, you know, ten million or whatever, to finish it the way they want to finish it, and put it back out and sell it all again. All all it is to do, this is Warner Brothers we're talking about. This is just yeah. dollar signs. If you think Warner Brothers has learned anything, you are out of your mind. Until we see real change at Warner Brothers in in movie quality like Shazam, like Aquaman, like Aquaman. Wonder Woman, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. if they continue that and make these movies in in, in that frame of mind, maybe. But I, I've seen nothing that doesn't tell me that this doesn't stink of Warner Brothers suits figuring you know dollar signs out of out, you know out out of what they've got, and, and you know now is a bad time to be because I mean they're all you know going crazy. How do we make this work? Because we don't know. I mean, you're going to see, and I want to tell you right now, you're going to see the big budget movies that uh, have already been done, were scheduled to come out, they're going to hit, and you're going to see a wave of low budget movies start hitting the, the theater. I guarantee you these studios are going to buy up and start uh, uh, looking for directors and creators that are uh, uh, low budget stuff, Robert Rodriguez style. You know, I'm going to give you $10 million. It's gonna make, you know, 120 million, and everybody will be fine with that because it's, you know, a thousand percent profit or whatever. Um, you're gonna see a wave of this. You're gonna see smaller movies for the next two or three years until Hollywood feels. Yeah, oh, I, I guarantee it. I like it. that. I like that. I like the idea of that. That's fresh blood. That that's something uh, this this market needs. You know, uh, Hollywood has a select few and they get picked for everything so maybe something like that uh a shakeup where they can't afford you know uh, a high-end director uh, a triple a director and they find somebody that'll do it for you know a quarter of the price and bam you've got your next taika watiti and stuff like that your your next you know up and comer uh out of the blue so many good things could happen out of this. Right, good and don't, things. I'm, and, try, I'm trying to find the positive in a lot of this. Yeah, and that that is going to be a good thing come out of it. You know, they're going to, you know, like you said, Taika Waititi, like Ryan Coogler, and, and those guys that have that have come up and have been surprising the way Marvel did this, of course. You know, the reason those are big names is because they did small work. Marvel goes, hey, these guys are doing something great. Let's give them the reins on creative. You know, we don't have to pay them a lot. We'll maximize our profit, too. Don't get me wrong. Marvel and Disney see dollar signs as well. They just do it better than anybody else. Yeah, I I am kind of excited about that aspect of it. I just don't know if you'll see big summer blockbuster next year. I, I don't know that we'll have like an Independence Day, a huge. You'll have your huge Marvel productions next year. Uh, Disney don't care, but um, other other things. Um, I think you'll see opportunities for smaller budgeted movies to be really huge. That that's fine with me. Uh, you know, I, I I'm still I'm still sitting here going where where's Where's New Mutants? That, that's all I keep thinking. August, about. Like, August, how? it's August. <laughs> it's in August. August eighteenth, I believe. To the movie theater? Or yes, 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 yes. They announced last month. Uh, New Mutants is hitting the theater August fourteenth, eighteenth, something like that. Uh, they revealed why it wasn't streaming um, is because they would had to have reworked the deal with all of the actors. Because there was something built into the movie about um, uh, audience or uh, profit, movie profit, yeah, like yeah, theater okay. run stuff. Right. So, well, yeah, <coughs> I get you, I get you. They didn't want to pay a top cut, so they might as well get what they can from the theater. Uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested to see if the when the theaters open back up and they sell a third of the seats, will. You know, one good thing is this could force all future theaters to be assigned seating. 
which I have absolutely no problem with. And you go online and you can only buy every fourth seat or fifth seat. That That's fine with me. You know, that actually makes me happier to go see a movie. I would love to go to a movie theater, sit down, and know that nobody's going to sit on the four seats to my left or the four seats to my right. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Nobody's going to be in my way. You position yourself so that you're catty-cornered. You know, nobody can sit right in front of you. I'll definitely be going to the theaters uh, as soon as they open up. Hopefully they do the third capacity like everything else, and that'll be, you know, it won't be as profitable, but as a movie lover, I will enjoy that experience. Right, yeah. Um, so I, I had a question, Sean. Um, okay. Back when we were kids, yes. there, there was, and I, this may be an entire, every generation has them, but... Right. I, it struck me the other day that as a kid, I loved Vincent Price, old movie horror guy. He was showing up in Michael Jackson videos. He was showing up on uh, Scooby Doo, The Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, you know. And we had like uh, uh, the Scooby Doo movies that had like. Uh, Don Knotts and and uh, uh, Phyllis Diller and all that kind of stuff. Do right. do modern kids have those kind of celebrities? Like that? Like is there a kid running around like now who's six and seven talking about like David Hasselhoff? Well, I mean, well, I guess I could answer that in the SpongeBob movie, David Hasselhoff. But right. I mean, like, is is this a constant thing that goes on? Is is there somebody that's latched on to? Uh, you know, to a, a, a Lark Voorhees or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I who know. were... I don't, I don't think so. I don't. I don't, honestly don't think so uh, because there's so much content today. You know, you, you, you have all your Hulu. You have all of your Netflix. You have everything on YouTube with thousands of creators. And I think the kids today don't... You know, the reason we watched Scooby-Doo with the Globetrotters and Batman and Robin and all that is because there weren't that many things to put out there, you know? So so interaction between different groups of sitcoms and interactions between different animators was a way to mix the bag and a good way to keep the, the audience growing all the way around, you know, uh, you include Don Knotts in Scooby-Doo, and therefore, like you said, those kids watch, you know, something with Don Knotts. Uh, they're, they're watching the Apple Dumpling Gang, you know, next thing you know. And they they learned about him from Scooby-Doo and stuff. But, but I think that was to keep traction between audience members and what was going on. Nowadays... Characters and storylines and, you know, it's all a dime a dozen. You know, uh, have you ever went through the... I mean, I know you have. I say this totally redundantly. Going through just the kids section of Netflix, there is everything from AAA titles that you're like, this was made at an incredible studio, to stuff where you're like... I walk in, I'm like, Jax, what... What are you watching? There, there is, there is. Crazy <laughs> Why are you watching Jimmy Neutron? What is going on here? You, you know, no, no. There was like just the other day we were watching the Math Monsters, and I'm like, what are the Math Monsters? And this is, I don't know if there's that market that still needs to be intermingled to keep the audience interactive, to under, to interact with their other titles and proprietaries. Uh, you know, information that they have, you're, you're, there's so much, there's so much. Why, why, why try to mix A and B to see if you like it when I'll just give you the whole alphabet. And if you don't like it, I got AA through ZZ right behind it. And I can just throw enough darts that something will stick and your kid will like it. Uh, although I appreciate our stuff way better. Like, you know, interactions between characters and different groups. All those Scooby-Doo uh, specials were incredible to me. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of 
sitcoms that interacted with each other. I know Lucy probably interacted with several different sitcoms, and I'm pretty sure the Jefferson. Oh my God! Or... Don't even get started on on like uh, uh, All in the Family. Yeah, that had like eight spinoff shows. I mean, right, right. <laughs> See, but it's because there was such a niche group that all you have to do is keep the audience going. Oh, you know this character. Okay, we're going to take this C-level character and move him up to an A-level. And then we're going to end the show. But guess what? This guy that you really like all of a sudden, now he's got his own show. And we're going to do that. And, you know, the cycle continues. So I don't know if that's needed in 2020. Yeah, well, also there's not anything like there's not Hollywood squares going on with Paul Lind in the center square. I mean, there's just there's not something where celebrities are as big as celebrities were before. I mean, most you'd hear about celebrities when we were a kid were the shows you would watch or the or the. You know the the game shows they were on. You didn't have you didn't have like constant cult of personality online. You know interaction with celebrities and fans. Right. I mean, well, well, here's my question. You know, uh, or 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 thought on that is, I think back then uh, they wanted you know the reason for Hollywood squares and and stuff like that is you wanted these. Highless celebrities to say goofy things and to make mistakes and to you know be tested on their knowledge, the same as you or I. They they wanted to make them feel like they were one of the people, so that when you watched a movie, you're like, you know what, that's a guy or that's a gal I can relate to. Nowadays, that culture has changed to where I don't think anybody was saying that about Paul Lynn, but okay. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Uh, it, it it was, but nowadays, like, hey, uh, do you see uh, Brad Pitt? He's driving a Toyota. Hmm. So I wonder what that says about Toyota, or what does you know? It, it's just ridiculousness where. We, we teach we treat celebrities like the groundhog you know if they're out and about let's watch them let's see what they do what are they gonna do what are they doing now and what are they doing this it, it's really weird uh, I totally understand why it, it's a total culture change they're they're not one of us anymore they are treated as greater beings and you know I mean I, I'm, I'm just as guilty of it as the next person you know if if I'm sitting here and all of a sudden Kevin Smith walks into the driveway. I'm going to flip out and treat him like he isn't a normal person, even though he is. No, it, no, just, Kevin the, Smith the, is the, not a normal person. I, you can't, well, you know you can't I mean. make that. You know what I mean. It, it's just <laughs> the public perception of the celebrity and the Hollywood style has totally changed from, you know, those 70s and 80s, uh, and probably even farther back than the than the twenty twenties, you know. Those those are two different styles of celebrity right there. True. Um let's talk about some coming events. So X Men being okay. introduced into the Marvel MCU. It, it's going okay. to happen. We haven't got any yeah. firm confirmation on anything yet. Uh, I've been yes. watching some videos uh about and I did talk to Sean about this the other day, and um, yes. it, it's just, when when did 9.8 CGC become the defining standard for a comic? That just blows my mind. Like, I was watching a video, and X-Men books that I have are blowing up like crazy if they're graded. I'm just right. not a, I'm not a graded guy. I I can't I want to read my book. <laughs> like you're 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 an aficionado. You appreciate Oh, let's what not. Is there. You're let's, you're a connoisseur. You're a connoisseur. Oh god, uh, let's not the, put it on that level, all right? All right. You're, all right. You're not you're not just a collector. And, and there's nothing wrong with all the graded comics. I have more graded comics than you know anybody else that I know. I, I know. Don't don't get me started on our friends that we know through the podcast that have graded comics that are just oh like Grail worthy. 
Some, some yeah, of and, you listeners have some amazing stuff. Amazing yeah, don't get me wrong. Stuff. I'm not opposed to, like, if I had, you know, if I had a my copy of, you know, X-Men number 141, Days of Future Past, and I came across a mint copy, yeah, I could go, well, you know, I really should. I mean, it's stupid not to go ahead and, and have this graded, and it comes out 9.8. That That's great. But the way people, like a 9.6, oh, that's trash, don't even waste your money. Like, wait a minute, a 9.6 comic? from And it's trash? I don't think that's right. I think you're, I don't think you're doing it right, sir, but I guess I'm wrong. It did. But anyway, um, the, you had an article in here about X-Men, and that reminded me that, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of X-Men books are starting to blow up because of the speculation about who's going to be featured, whose origin is going to show up. You know, there's Rogue, and uh, which I'm very happy. I have the first appearance of Rogue in a lot of Rogue stories, and I'm, I'm happy about that. You have one of the early appearances of, um, of uh, Gambit, and I have the first appearance of Gambit. Right. That was one of the books. Um, just very interesting. But, Sean, you wanted to talk about the ex- upcoming X-Men cast. What are you, what are you thinking? Right. Right. Uh, I had texted you because we were watching Orphan Black the other day. And oh, yeah. And I, I noticed that, uh, you know, it, it's not it's not hard to notice that Tatiana, <laughs> Tatiana Maslany is absolutely, yes, is absolutely incredible. Like, she's an incredible actress. And I texted you and I was like, you know what? She should be the next Jean Grey. I, I think that would be wonderful. And then it got me thinking, well, well, if, if that's such a fit, who else could I think of? And do you have any other casting ideas? Or And, and, and then that leads me to even further question where if you have casting ideas, do you want – are there certain characters where you're like, you know what? I'm sick of what Hollywood has brought to this character. So Scott Summers has to be recast with somebody actually likable. Can we please cast Scott Summers to be a likable person just for once, just one time, you know? Well, I I wouldn't like to, I would, uh, for me, I would like to not hate Cyclops from the get go every time. I'm not sure that Cyclops is a likable person. I mean, just, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I mean, I know people who Cyclops is their favorite character, and I and I understand, you know, how you can relate relate to some of the things in his past and his stories. Don't get me wrong, Cyclops has had some great stories in the X Men's past. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, his interaction with Captain America on a fundamental level is something to play with, definitely. But um, you know, Cyclops has always been. <sighs> He has a disdain for his role. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's the epitome of the whiny, but he's a leader, and he doesn't, you know, he's following somebody else's vision. It's just, ugh, ugh. <laughs> it's just not oh, a good combination. But yes. here's my here's my problem with Jean Grey, because you specifically mentioned Jean Grey. Um, yes. First, first of all, they need a really great writer, a character writer behind the X-Men because the two problems X-Men normally have are Cyclops and Jean Grey. Jean Grey not yes. having a personality or, you know, is defined by her power or the Dark Phoenix. That is not what you need. That's not your metric for Jean Grey. Jean Grey needs to be a relatable, understandable character. And in her comics, she is. I mean, she's not a damsel in distress. She is one of the most powerful characters. Um, You know, and her story arc is wonderful from, I mean, not just doing Dark Phoenix, but from Phoenix to uh, her end is, is one of the great story arcs in comics. And... She's never been treated as such, as far as I've seen. And, you know, Wolverine gets all the spotlight. Anytime they do any sort of feature, any sort of cartoon, it's all through Wolverine's eyes. And 
I'm kind of sick of it. I mean, Wolverine is a great character. You need to get him right as well, but he doesn't need to be your focus. Your X-Men movie does not need to be built on what Wolverine's doing. That's where that's my major problem with all of the current X-Men movies is Wolverine being the focus. Like even the Days of Future Past storyline they did in, in the movie, Wolverine is your focus. It makes sense in the way that they set it up in the way the story works. Right. But that's not how the story went. But I, I like that movie. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I thought it I thought it was fine. It was enjoyable. It was worth my money. But I want the classic right. X-Men you stories. You want an X-Men film. About the X-Men. an X-Men film that has the same feel of the Avengers. Right, you yeah. you see a team come together. Right, and and you yes. can you can and we've like really never seen that. Right, you can like almost anybody because everybody story is so well told. I mean, you love Tony's ending in Endgame, but you could also equally and say it was better of Steve's ending. In fact, Steve's ending is the end of the movie. The last frame of the movie proper is Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter. It is not Iron Man. Um, and and that's very powerful. I mean, it's... But you could, you could frame it, that movie either way. It could be, oh, that movie's all about Iron Man. Or that you could be, oh, that movie's all about Steve Rogers completing his... No, it's about both of those characters completing their story. Like... Uh, Right. Like you could you could you could see it either way because it's true. Like they're so well told that both are in we balance. We got that out of the X-Men. Right. We yeah. We got that. <laughs> it's uh, re- it's Wolverine's resolution in every X-Men movie. Are you okay with uh an X-Men movie? I mean, obviously we've done it before that that doesn't bring in Wolverine for for a little bit. Or, or do you think he needs to be there? No, the that video? I would, I would champion if they made the bold choice of going original X Men team as as their first movie. I would be one hundred percent behind that. You know, uh, Professor X, Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, Jean Grey. That's it. I'm there. I mean, you're I'm, you're already halfway there. You've eliminated the Wolverine problem, and you've got a small cast to focus on. Perfect, great writer, great director, and you you you've nailed it. You sold me. I'm there. I, I'm standing in line with my movie money. I I would understand if their second movie they did was Wolverine. I I get that, but right. I, it would be it would be bold to to do that without Wolverine. What what if what if you just let Deadpool bring in Wolverine and you don't <laughs> even include him in the X Men for a couple movies? Well, what if they brought him in in the next Hulk movie? <laughs> See, I would love that idea. I really think that would be something just totally out there and unexpected. You get a second Hulk movie. Holy crap, we're getting an actual Hulk movie with Mark Ruffalo. That would be awesome. And then all of a sudden. You're like, well, who's going to be the antagonist? Who's going to be the bad guy? And all of a sudden you're like, wait, Wolverine? What? Wendigo! It's oh! Wendigo! <laughs> Just printing money. Just Scrooge McDuck in it somewhere in a, in, in, a, in a vault just swimming around in cash. I mean, it, it could happen. That would be incredible. I would definitely love that. Love it. We'll see what um, if... So if I had my druthers, you would have the X-Men movie that we discussed. You could have your next movie would be uh, Hulk, but the bad guys, or however it plays out, would be Alpha Flight with Wolverine as a member. And at the end of the movie, yeah, he, leaves, nice. he leaves Alpha Flight and, um, you yep. know, joins the X-Men. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, 
I wish they listened to us for movie ideas. It would hey, be awesome. Hey, man, what, what is wrong with that? Unfortunately, they don't. So, so uh, I know uh, Cosmic Book News is a is a totally crap crap of uh, making up crap website, and uh, but sometimes I watch their their stories, and sometimes they they entertain me and get get me thinking. And uh, they had one all about how Sam Raimi was going to lead a Marvel film of a live action into the Spider Verse. And that Tobey Maguire was going to reprise his role and all this. And, you know, I haven't heard of this any place other than that. Maybe some spitballing ideas on Reddit or something. But that would be awesome. It really would be cool to see Toby and Andrew and Tom. And then, bam, here's this brand new Miles Morales. Uh technically in spider-man far from home i think we met jessica drew right we, you you could you could honestly do this and i think it would be i would be entertained to see the the spider-man that i've known in my lifetime on the screen you know at one time please do not remake into the spider-verse as a live action film please tell a different story because I don't want anything to solely into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie, because that is absolutely incredible work of art right there. But it's the bee's what, knees. What yes. Would your idea be for, uh, for a live action. Think it could ever really be pulled off or is this, you know, something that we all dream about and talk about on podcasts, but it really never happens. So, um, into the Spider-Verse was a pretty unique movie. Um, you know, it, it, I, I, I share the sentiment that I would not want to see it redone. You know, oh, well, let's do a, just a live-action version. No, don't do not do that. Tell a, tell a unique story. But, I mean, at the same time, I'm all for Miles. I mean, Miles is a great character. And you'd have to work him in somewhere. I, if I had, you know, my choice, it would be... Uh, you know, in the multiverse of madness, they just pull miles through, and, and just be done with it. Um, but yeah, that would be awesome. You know, that's uh, that's kind of where my mind goes with that. I mean, if they're doing multiverse stuff already, I, I say knock it out with Doctor Strange, and and we're good. Um, I, right. I don't know that Do I'd want, want a would full you, blown. Would you enjoy? Do what? Well, I mean, would you enjoy seeing Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield reprise their roles in in something like that? Oh yeah, oh absolutely, yes. I mean, in 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 the MCU, they come in and you know which so which one is the is the which one's playing the Peter that dies? Who who would you have be? Uh, I I figure I figure would Toby that, that be the the original be Andrew Garfield? Oh, you think Andrew would no, be no, the? You, you have Andrew Garfield die. You say Garfield dies and Toby is the trainer. Yes. Huh. Yes, I think so. I I, I think, you know, uh Garfield didn't get enough he he's the he's the one that has to yeah. I just don't I I think Toby Maguire carries enough Spider Man street cred that you give him the the main role and you know, uh, McGuire's, uh, not McGuire, but Garfield's time as Spider-Man was, was short-lived and not hailed quite as highly as McGuire. So you, you have him the one that, that gets killed off in uh, Miles' universe. I say the other I way think, around. I think, think McGuire should be the inspiration and Garfield be the goofy one that has the train. <laughs> I th Do you think... Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interested. Let, let's. How about how about the listeners? If you listen to this episode, let us know what you think. Which one do you want to be the Peter that lives, and which one to be the Peter that dies? Oh, it's like uh, it's Todd. like DC. Who do you want to Jason? Who do you want Jason? Who do you want to Jason Todd? Oh yeah. 
I seen uh, I, I had another meme that showed Jason Todd and then a crowbar and it said, you know, COVID-19 and my summer plans. <laughs> I was like, that one, that one I get. I get that one. Oh, yeah. That crowbar there. Oh, it's dangerous. But, uh, well, man, hey, I got I got a question for you. Do, do you. do you think I sound any different today as opposed to last podcast? Yeah, you sound a little sound a little different. Sound a little better. What's going on there? I know, I know, I know. We're we've we've been we've been having internet problems. So, but but the microphone. I am basically sitting in front of an entirely entirely new setup right in front of me. Uh, ended up, I have a MXL 990 uh, XLR microphone. Uh, I've got that running to a uh, Scarlett 2i2 uh, audio interface. And I've got all these bells and whistles on my computer screen that I can control my, uh, you know, everything with my microphone and the way it sounds. And so I, I've really tried to step it up. Uh, the, the YouTube channel will definitely show improvements. And then I took the old Hackintosh that I'd purchased that I believe we had used right after we uh, began doing the podcast. I, uh, I, Wiped all the Hackintosh stuff on it and put a fresh coat of Windows 10 down. And let me tell you, th this baby's running like a dream, man. You know, uh, I know it's got an older i7 in it, but still 16 gigs of RAM. And I am loving this. It is making audio editing easier, video editing easier, and hopefully uh, increasing the, uh, the sound and quality that... Uh, I have for my videos and podcasts. So, man, I've, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm kind of not feeling like me because I, I had this idea for the microphone, and then it worked. And then I had this idea for fixing up the computer, and I was, oh, I don't know if I should do it. And I did it, and it worked. So uh, kind of impressed right now, kind of shocked nothing totally didn't catch on fire or you know anything like that? I'm I'm happy with things and uh, hope hope I'm uh, stepping up the upgrade game. It's it's oh. nice. I almost upgraded, but I didn't, so I don't have anything to really talk about there. <laughs> I've got well, uh, local hall out the yin yang, but I mean I can't really nail anything down other than I finally uh, I finally got my hands on so. Back back in the day, I don't know if modern toys do this at all, but uh, back in the day, like G.I. Joe, Transformers, uh, a bunch of Hasbro stuff had mail-in exclusives. Now, Sean, did you ever get any mail-in exclusives for any toys, like Star Wars or anything? All right, I'm trying to think. I believe I, believe I did a mail-in with He-Man. I don't remember what it was. It was, I believe you did a mail-in for some kind of Skeletor weapon or toy or something like that. I honestly cannot tell you. I remember collecting UPCs. I have this memory. Oh, yeah, there were hundreds. for him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there were hundreds. I mean, like, there was Wonder Bread and Kellogg's and, and just, I mean, they had right. exclusive tie-in stuff like Ziploc. You could get a Ziploc uh, Jazz <laughs> from mailing in UPCs from from buying Ziploc bags. Um, I will say this: the the stuff I know I did was uh I, I I sent in almost every one of them. I think I have all of the Image Half comics, <laughs> which are worth about half as much as they I probably paid for them. <laughs> I've actually got one that I acquired the other day. It's sitting right there. Um, well, uh, my point to all this is that like G.I. Joe had like a Malian Cobra Commander exclusive that with the with the mm -hmm. hood or you know, you could get the refrigerator Perry as a G.I. Joe character or you know, Transformers or He Man you got the Wonder Bread He Man. Transformers had characters that you couldn't get anywhere else but Malian, like uh Reflector and uh the Omnibots, who were all, you know, Diaclone toys that uh, they just didn't have packaging for. Um, but they also had something they don't do these days. They had cardboard, like, bases and sets. Um, they were a little more durable than just regular okay, cardboard. Yeah. Not like a cardboard box. Like G.I. Joe, there's a very exclusive 
uh, G.I. Joe uh, mis- Cobra Missile Base. They did one at uh, Toy Fair two or three years ago that was a, and it sold out like day one. You know, it's just something that wasn't built to last. And uh, Transformers-wise, they had a base. It was called the Stars Base, Secret Transformer Autobot Rescue Squad. You had an advertisement for it with every Transformer you bought that had a box, because the box was big enough for the little leaflet to go in. And uh, I actually had that as, as a child, and of course it didn't make it. Well, found one. So now I, I have it again, nice. and it is it is wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it's a stupid, like, eight pieces of cardboard that go together with tabs and everything. And I love it. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Yeah, I think I put awesome. it up on uh, Twitter if somebody cares to see what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's just great. And uh, I just had to share that. So much fun. That is awesome, dude. Yeah, heck yeah. Oh, well, my friend, do you have anything else to add this week? No, that's it. Uh, uh, no, that's it. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, I hope everyone is having a nice week. Uh, if you want to find us during the week, I am finally more active on my Instagram, which is at Mandard98. You can send us an email. We haven't got any emails in a while uh, since Joel emailed us when we first came back. So please email us. Not so southern gentleman at gmail.com. If it's another than nothing other than, hey guys, I'm fine. How are y'all? And you leave your name, we will definitely be like, hey, we're we're doing fine, so and so. That glad you're doing great. You know, it, it doesn't take but two seconds. Shoot us an email and we'd be delighted to uh, see what you had to say. Rick, where can they find you? You can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search not so southern gentleman on Facebook. That's awesome. Please go find our Facebook. You know, uh, I know Ricky is constantly interactive. I get a lot of notifications. Uh, for some reason, when I go to text or do anything on Facebook with our NSSG page, it always says I'm not so Southern gentleman. I cannot figure out a way to make it say, hey, this is Sean replying. So I don't even go through and like our own post because if I like a post, it acts like I'm not so Southern gentleman, and I'm not me. It, I don't know. I've I've worked with other pages where I can swap back and forth, but with that one page, it doesn't work. So, but I know Rick talks to tons of people on uh, on Messenger on not so Southern gentleman. So hit him up, and if you get anything from me, I'm sure he will let me know. For not so Southern gentleman, I'm Sean. I am um, here. He's Ricky. He's here. He's Ricky. Y'all have a good one.